Good morning, and I really just want to say um, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I mean, every day is a day to celebrate mothers, but today especially, we really want to celebrate you. And if my mum and mother in love are watching on the live stream, I love you. Thanks for putting up with me. Um, and there we go. All right, so for some of us here today, is, um, it's bittersweet. It's um, heartbreaking, and maybe some of you just feel numb. Maybe you've experienced the loss of a mother, the emptiness or longing for a loving relationship with your mother, and maybe some of you are still holding on to the promise of having a child yourself. Or maybe you just feel numb, and today is far from celebration. I just want to acknowledge you and say that God sees you, and your pain is welcome here even on this day of celebration. Our God is a God who comforts the brokenhearted, and I pray today that you feel the warmth of his comforting arms around you. So not so long ago, Mike shared about the promise-keeping God, and just last week, Hannah shared with us about how we can wait well. And there must be something that God wants to do here because the message that he has laid on my heart is about his purpose for you and I as we go through the process of waiting to birth his promise for us. So we're going to look at the process, we're going to look at the purpose and what it looks like to embrace our role in fulfilling that promise. But first, let's begin with the promise and the confirmation that we have of its fulfillment. In Habakkuk 2 verse 3, God says, for the revelation or the vision wait, awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. To every single one of us, God has spoken promises over our lives. And some are specific promises whispered into our hearts. Some are prophetic words about what we will see and what we will do. And some are more general promises that he gives to us as his children. He promises to make us more like children. And he promises that he will one day come. And one day he promises to wipe all our tears away. And isn't that a promise that we need so desperately in today's world? But in the meantime, your specific promise could be something that you've been longing for God to do. Maybe it's a life partner or to have a family of your own, genuine friendships. Perhaps it's a move of God in a particular community that you care for. Maybe you're retired, but you sense that God is calling you to do something new. You might be heartbroken for the marginalized or full of righteous anger to see justice done. For some of us, we've been praying for somebody for so long that they would come to know the Lord, and we just haven't seen that come to pass yet. For some of us, we're praying to make a difference and an impact in some way. And some of us are just praying that we would find our joy again. These are the seeds of promise that the Lord has placed in you for an appointed time. And though the process is uncertain, the promise certainly will come. I want to introduce you to three real-life characters and their journeys through the process of birthing the promise. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who you might be familiar with. For me, 
the mother of IB. IB is me, who you may not be so familiar with. And me, the mother of this pending promise that is yet to be named. Mary of Virgin was given a clear vision. An angel told her that she would have a son through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he would be called the son of the Most High God. And regardless of the likelihood of public shame or the disapproval of her betrothed Joseph, Mary responded to the the promise with obedience. I am the Lord's servant. And in 1982, Fumi, a Nigerian exchange student in Brazil, had a vision born in her heart when three different men from France, Brazil, and Nigeria spoke a prophetic word that God would use her mightily among women. And today, Fumi's non-governmental network, Queens, Christian Women for Excellence and Empowerment in Nigerian Society, exists to make a far-reaching impact on Nigerian social, economic, and political life by serving as a powerful pressure group for good governance and in the leadership capacity of women and young people. Survivors of gender-based violence have found healing. Orphans that were in Unsafe environments have been rehomed. But back in 1982, the specific details of how and when were a mystery. Some promises come as a surprise gift. And in September 2021, I found out that Deji, my husband, and I were going to have a baby. And you see, a couple of months before, we'd been praying about the right time to start a family. And God had spoken some words to my husband, blessing delayed. And Deji had a sense that we were the ones delaying the blessing. And of course, I resisted this. You see, I was afraid because I didn't know how a child was going to fit in with my plans. But God has a real sense of humor because two months later, I found out I was pregnant. Careful what you pray for. (laughs) God answers prayer. And After the initial shock, I felt a deep sense of gratitude and peace because God wasn't working on my time. He was working on his divine time. I knew the when, but I had no idea how he was going to change me in the process of waiting. I don't know about you, but Hannah's message last week really hit home for me because I don't like waiting either. And we could be waiting for something minor that feels really urgent, like the loo or a cue. But when it comes to the promise, the process of waiting is rarely straightforward or quick. And we generally have no control over what comes our way. Even though Mary was obedient, she had no idea that the emperor was going to order a census and she'd have to travel to Bethlehem on a donkey's back and have her baby in a stable. But God was working behind the scenes. And my mom had no idea she'd be waiting a whopping 28 years for God to fulfill her promise. And some of you are thinking, 28 years? Count me out. I hear you. Although she felt discouraged, and although God had said not yet, time after time, God was preparing her for great works. I had no idea that I would feel so sick I wouldn't be able to work for four months. 
And as the sole employee in my business, that was pretty tough because it meant not making an income, putting client contracts on hold, and having to pause client relationships. It was tough. But God had a purpose for me in that process. He was teaching me to depend on him and him alone. Waiting is a process much like cultivating a garden, pruning, weeding out, watering, and blossoming. You may be discouraged and doubtful, weary and worried, burnt out and brokenhearted. And the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if that's you, take this medicine from the living word of God. In Jeremiah 17, 78, it says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The Bible is full of examples of people who waited for a promise. Sarah, the mother of nations, waited for a child. Esther, the queen, waited for deliverance. And Anna, the prophetess, waited for the Messiah. You see, we're in good company. Understand that you are not waiting on people for your promise. You are waiting on the giver of gifts, the miracle himself. And just like you, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to look up and see that he is with you. And he's working on your behalf, even when you can't see it. It's truly amazing to know that this beautiful promise inside me started off as a bundle of cells. And what was a miracle happening within me as God intricately knit my baby together in the safety of my womb, cell by cell, limb by limb, on the outside looked like constant sickness and despair. A loss of self and guilt and shame for not being stronger. At the appointed time, when the promise is complete, my promise will be here, and I'll know that it was all down to a promise-keeping God. By now, I really hope you're beginning to sense deep in your bones that there is, there is purpose in the process of waiting. God hasn't abandoned you in the process to fend for yourself. And it's not an unnecessary blip that's keeping you from the promised land. This period of waiting is not a place of punishment. Waiting is anything but sitting still and being stuck and asking, how long? This is where the real breakthrough happens. This is where you and I are transformed in the process of waiting. So what is God's purpose for us in the process of waiting? Well, waiting draws us nearer to God. We learn to relinquish control and depend on God's strength instead of our own. The process of waiting builds our character and our faith. And waiting on the Lord prepares us for the promise. You see, the version of us that, that receives the promise can't handle the instant fulfillment of the promise. Imagine me going into delivery the moment I found out I was pregnant. 
I can't even bear to think of what that would look like. All right, so any Encanto fans here today? Yes, there are a few of us. If you haven't watched Encanto yet, what are you waiting for? So I'm going to try and give a quick synopsis and try not to put in any spoilers. But the, uh, the Madrigals are an extraordinary family, and each of them have these amazing gifts, except for Mirabelle, our heroine. And even though we feel sorry for Mirabelle, looking back, you can see that she was always the promised one, whether she knew it or not. But that promise was reserved for an for that promise was reserved for an appoint, appointed time when the encanto was in danger. And when her uncle Bruno had this vision of the future, no one got it, not even the promised one herself. See, all those years, she wasn't being distracted by her gifts. She was being prepared. And her focus was on being devoted to her family. And in the end, that was the biggest miracle of all. So if, like Mirabelle, you're doubting yourself or you're doubting the promise, consider that the Lord might still be preparing you for it. Waiting on the Lord also teaches us to believe in God's promises for our lives and the lives of others. I want to zone in on an earlier point about waiting, teaching us to depend on God's power instead of our own. And in preparing for this message, I've sensed the Lord saying to me over and over again, my grace is sufficient for you. Throughout this process of preparation and now into my third trimester, I've battled feeling physically weak, inadequate, and overwhelmed. And digging deeper into 2 Corinthians 12, it really resonates with me when Paul talks about God giving him a handicap, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to harass him. So often in our weakness, we feel like our trials are a nuisance or a torment from the enemy. But you see, God can use anyone, even the enemy, to fulfill his purpose. The reason that God gives us these thorns in our flesh is so that we can learn to depend on him. And right now you might be thinking, well, if God is God, why can't he just fulfill the promise without the thorn in the flesh? Stay with me on this. I started to see that maybe my handicap is that right now I am physically weak. And when I don't prepare the way I'm supposed to, I feel inadequate. But I already said yes in obedience, so there was no going back. But I realized that I've been trying to wait in my own strength instead of the sufficiency of God's grace. And it was draining me. So maybe you're asking, how am I supposed to rest in the sufficiency of grace if I'm supposed to be actively waiting? And so we either try to work harder to accomplish the promise sooner, or we give up altogether because it's just too painful, and then we bury it down. But God is clearly saying to us, it's not a problem that you're here. You being in this place of struggle is part of my purpose for fulfilling the promise for you. And my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. In your weakness, my power is made perfect. And what we've got to do is stop trying and feel the pain. Feel the fear. 
feel the discomfort in this place and rely on his power to sustain you. When we avoid this, we miss the blessing of knowing and experiencing God's power at work within us. While waiting, we're so aware of our weakness and our inability to make the promise happen. But it's in this place of weakness and the very fact that we can't make the promise happen that God can show us his strength. Depending on God while you wait is to give up control and to be content in your weakness and embrace God's sufficiency there. It's saying, help me, Lord, I can't do this without you. I'm exhausted, I'm desperate, I'm afraid, and I need you. Paul says, I will boast in my weakness. How many of you feel like boasting in your weakness? I don't. And in the rest of the scripture, he lays himself bare exposing his weaknesses, perhaps that he knows that in the process of waiting, we're so tempted to look away from the cross of Christ and his sufficiency, and instead we look to our own capabilities or the lack thereof for strength. Paul knew this. With all the promises that were fulfilled through him and all the adversity and the trials that he faced, it was not him but it was the grace of God with him. This is God's purpose for us in the process of waiting, that you and I would surrender in our weakness to the sufficiency of our promise-keeping God's grace while we wait to birth the promise. And as you wait for the fulfillment of God's promise, ground yourself in this truth. There is purpose where I am right now, and God's grace is enough. Now that we're rooted in God's purpose for us in the process of waiting, what does it look like to embrace our role in birthing God's promise? Like Mary, it looks like being willing and obedient servant of God. Even when we don't understand how the promise will be fulfilled or risk the disapproval and even the rejection of others, God promises to place something in our hearts. And when he places a promise in your heart or in your hands, say yes, even though the weight of the promise feels heavy, his grace is sufficient for you. And like my mom, it looks like praying for the vision and asking God to guide you and bring destiny helpers your way, even when you face discouragement, even when God says not yet. Prayer is the sweet fragrance that will remove the weeds of bitterness in the process of waiting. It looks like worshiping God and praising him advance, in advance because in that place of worship, we fix our eyes on the promise-keeping God instead of the problem. We're stripped of our pride, heads bowed, hearts surrendered, strength renewed. And like I discovered, it looks like learning to embrace rather than resist our weakness. Because it's when you are weak that you truly become aware of God's grace. And the more aware you are of God's grace, the more humble, the more prayerful, thankful, patient, gracious, content, and joyful you'll be. 
what we do and who we are in our waiting season is just as important as what we do and who we are when the promise is fulfilled. So be encouraged. You don't need to try harder or be better at waiting. God's grace is sufficient for you. We all, all of us, have promise spoken over our lives. And God has been speaking through Mike and through Hannah about being a promise-keeping God and about this period of waiting. So let's remind ourselves that we are all people of promise. God has a purpose for you in the process of waiting to birth his promise in your life and the lives of others. And he's waiting for you. Are you willing to embrace your purpose in the process of birthing the promise.